Hello everyone, this is Jen Kesnick and you're listening to You Be You and I'll Be Me. I have my friend Lisa Fox on today. Hello, Lisa. Hello. Thank you so much. I brought my Broadway voice. (laughs) Thank God, because we are talking today about Dear Evan Hansen. Favorite show ever. Favorite show ever. And um, so just in case, I want to give you a little disclaimer here. We're going to be talking about Dear Evan Hansen. If you have not seen the show and you don't want to hear about it, don't listen. Mm -hmm. Because... That may be the first time you've ever told your listeners to not listen. Don't listen. Right. Um, because we're going to talk about it. But it's such an important oh, piece of work in, for so many reasons. Um, but when did you first see it? Okay. So I first saw it in June prior to the Tony Awards. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think the show previewed uh, last year, November, December, and was getting a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. And I took... Uh, my son's girlfriend graduated from college, and that was her graduation gift. Very nice. So I took her mom, my, my daughter Cassidy, Madeline, Christine, and we went. And we didn't know what to expect. I had been reading some things in the newspaper about Ben Platt. Yeah. Who was unbelievable. Who was born for the role. Yeah. I don't even know, like, because I can also tell you that I saw the show again uh-huh. without him. Oh, really? So, yeah, I have a little comparison. That's good. That's yeah. good. And that is, could also be a problem for people who are going to maybe think about going. Anyway, yeah. so um, uh, we went June 28th prior to the Tony Awards, and it was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, his performance, I'm so thankful that I got to see um, the play with him in it. He's sobbing. He's literally sobbing. Things are coming out of his, his nose. His makeup is coming off. Yeah. He puts... So much soul, yeah, into his performance, and then you think about how many times a week he does that. I, I know, and his voice is seriously one of the best voices I've ever heard. Yeah, it like was... it's not a Broadway voice, it's right? Like, it's like beautiful, toned, and not only that, the not only is the story great, but the music is amazing, right? And that's so often for me the one thing when I go to a show, I want to walk away with knowing, wanting to know every single one of those soundtracks. Yes, I had seen Finding Neverland with my boys, and I didn't walk away with that fuzzy wonderful feeling like I have with Wicked. Yeah. I have a big connection with Wicked or with Rent, you know, right. things that have been... Things that I, you'll actually listen to in your car. Yeah, like I'm screaming, waving through a window like every morning. <laughs> David's laughing. He, was, he said to somebody, they listen to it every day in the house and they're screaming it. Like that's what we do. Yeah. Well, the story is Evan Hansen is a boy uh, in high school who feels a lot of social isolation and anxiety, as there are so many people. This isn't a new story. No. It's unfortunately an everyday story. Yeah. And and the only difference is that now we have this social media-driven society that must make it a million times worse for a kid that feels socially isolated to have to see what everybody else is doing right that them. FOMO fear of missing out yeah. you know that's a big thing and what's interesting in this story is how it's it almost looks like it's the end for him yeah when it turns out to be the horrible end for somebody else right but then how he can recover from this and that and that things do get better yeah unfortunately the the other person in the show 
doesn't have that opportunity. Yeah, which was kind of a weird aspect of it um, that... So you didn't what see happens, that coming. Yeah, you didn't see it coming. So what happens is that he he's writing under the guise of his therapist orders. He's writing letters to himself every day. Dear Evan Hansen, today's going to be a great day, you know. And he talks about his crush, Zoe. And um, so this kid, Connor, finds this letter and is wants to beat him up because he thinks he's talking about his sister. Right. Puts the letter in his pocket, goes home, ends up committing suicide. Which you don't really see coming. I mean, you see a struggle going on in their home. Yeah. You see a lot of that battling that most families who have teenagers are having these conversations. Yeah, I guess for the so sake was, of the yeah, story, so they that, sped up Yeah, that the was really, yeah, that was, that because was interesting. Because that opening number of Anybody Have a Map. Love you know, that song. It was about his mom, who's doing her best, or his parents, who are doing their best, um, and they still can't connect and can't get through to him. Right, and both moms are saying that separately in their yeah. in their own homes, having their own moments, trying yeah. to figure out how the hell do we do this? Right. We don't have a map. Nobody and, knows. I mean, my gosh, have we ever had this conversation with I ourselves? Know. For sure. I know. And, you know, this whole thing of, like, putting everything on the highlight reel to make life look grand, but obviously it's, it's never that way for anyone. Right. And the opening scene, you see... Um, Evan Hansen has a cast. Yeah. On. Yeah. So we're trying to figure that out. The audience is left to say, well, what's going on? We don't. We hear how we we how he wants the story to be known that how he did find it get the cast, but we you know, we find out later that there's so much more that's going on with him his own self. Yeah. And um, you know, interestingly enough too, I thought it was it was cool the way they did um, you know, typically in plays they have a chorus. But in this play, there's eight people, really. And then the chorus is just the murmurings of social media. Yeah. That one scene when you when they open up to, uh, when they find out, when they realize they're going to start this foundation for Connor mm-hmm. and how his, uh, Evan Hansen's address to the school community goes viral. Right. And how he actually becomes you know, like a, a viral reality star in a way for this, for this championing, championing of the, of this boy. Yeah. Um, who, you know, he writes all these letters and ends up, you know, getting this fake email account, um, to give them a backstory of friendship. And wasn't it interesting when you saw how like the kids reacted to the death of Connor, like, oh yeah. We were like acquaintances, like we were like friends, like it's you very know. Very strange. Yeah, it's very strange. But I feel like that that always happens. Yeah. You know, there's almost like a little bit of like um, celebrity attached to someone who's you know going through something terrible, mm-hmm. and you want to attach that to yourself for a little bit of notoriety yourself. You know, like I want you to yeah. feel bad for me because I went to right. the movies with him one time. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everything is so much bigger. Yeah. In teenage life. Right. And you could see that that they're able to express that in the show, too. And, you know, the fact that, that, you know, we've seen it with our own kids. When something tragic like that happens when you're a teenager, that's the biggest thing. It's the biggest thing that happens. That's happened yeah. in your whole life. It is. It's true. So I remember that happening in high school. We lost a, a boy that we were friendly with, and it's huge. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's, it makes you face your own mortality at a very young age when you're, you know, the center of the, of the world. How could anything happen to any of us at that age? Yeah, exactly. It's very scary. Right. It's not supposed to happen. No. But unfortunately, we're seeing these other things happen so much more than Ugh. just, you know. I can't imagine, you know, how difficult it must be to raise young children in this day and age where there's a mass shooting or something terrible every week. Yeah, it sucks because I have a 10th grader. Yeah. I'm still in it. Yeah. And I, it's a, he's my third, so I've, and I feel like with each one of them, I've had to deal with different parts of the social media aspect. And I have to say, this is pretty bad. It is bad. Yep, it's, I don't like it. No, I don't blame you. Because when when we were kids, and even when our older children were kids, Mm -hmm. even if you were having some hard time at school, or you know, you because let's face it, everybody's on the outs with their social group at some point. Absolutely. You know, today's your turn. Sorry. Right. But um, you know, when you go home, you get a reprieve from that. You get to be with your mom and your your dad and your brother and your sister, and you get to eat your dinner and watch your TV with your family and. You know, just get a reprieve until the next day. And now there's just no reprieve. It's... No. Because you're um, constantly in the know. You're constantly, you have to just open up your phone and you can go on Snapchat. You can see what everybody chat else is doing. Or, or, yeah, it's, 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 it's terrible. It is terrible. There's no shutting it off. And, you know, and, I think it's uncharted territory, obviously, for parents right now just but just like it always is for everybody right uncharted territory and you got to do your best you know there's a an issue going on in garden city right now where there's this um bullying problem and there's a young boy named liam and he's actually in the hospital for like oh i think i heard about yeah i heard about this he's young right like 13 yeah and they really did a number on this kid and then i heard there was a bunch of kids who were going to try to rally letters to him to let him know that he that he's cared about, and it does matter. Yeah. That one person can't just take you down. Right. And, but the fact of the matter is that this mom was brave enough to, you know, put it on social media and on Facebook and be like, hey, listen, you know, what, what what's your kid doing? Yeah. You know, and when she approached the parent, apparently the parent said, you know, well, my son has a heart of gold. He'd never do that. Typical. So if you are ever approached I think if someone came up to me when my kids were little and said your son or your daughter is bullying my kid I don't I would hope that I wouldn't be like no they're not yeah you know I'd I'd be like all right well let's figure this out yeah I think sometimes and I don't know if you would agree with me but I you know I, I have never fortunately been in that position I have seen other parents who have had to deal with that I feel like that if you have a child who's having some issues and maybe the parents are getting a lot of information from teachers, maybe a lot of people are seeing it and then you're going to the parent and then all of a sudden someone else comes in and and I think the parents is like, okay, I've had it. Like, I don't even know if I can deal with this anymore. Like, you know what? No, he's not doing, or, you know, they'll just, you know, deflect it. Right. Um, I think like you, I would probably like, I'm sure he did do it. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite. Like, what yeah. do you do now? I'm like, he did it. He did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. Right. That's where that's where I come from. Right, exactly. Which is probably not a good idea. No, but... somewhere in the happy medium, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's just, it is just tough. You know, I went through 
Um, you know, some social changes with my son this year. I was used to kind of the group that he was with. That shifted. Mm-hmm. That shifts a lot of things inside of me. You know, mm-hmm. it's such a ripple effect. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely does. I mean, even uh, Evan Hansen's mom is, you know, like she sends him to school with his cast and a Sharpie saying like, have everybody sign this. Yeah, and, like you're so popular. Like everyone should and, sign it. And that, meanwhile, deep down she knows because she's sending him to a doctor because of his anxiety. Right. So she's trying to fix him and trying to force him to be in situations he doesn't want to be in. Right. The anxiety level of that alone is of asking someone yeah, to, sign, to like, sign your cast. Yeah. Like what? The rejection. There is such divisiveness in schools today. I, from what I understand from my kid, is that if you're not in the same classes with certain people, mm-hmm. now this is interesting to me. We live in a small community. You go to school from K through sometimes pre K, right through high school, mm-hmm. and especially if you're in an elementary school where you're stuck together till sixth grade. And then you go into middle school, high school, and if you're not in the same classes, they don't talk to, like they won't talk to each other. That's weird. What is that about? That's weird, especially because we're not talking. There's 500 kids in a grade, right? So I'll say <laughs> to um, my guy, my guy, um, <laughs> hey, you know, have you? Why don't I always oh, saw blah blah blah? Why didn't you say? Oh, we're not in any classes together. I'm like, that's so weird yeah. because you know each other forever right like why so i don't know what the if this is a teenage thing i don't know where this comes from yeah i don't know either but uh you know my kids went to boarding school for high school and um they were very much a community within the school the school you know so if someone was being mean to someone no one would tolerate that that's awesome yeah so they really <clears throat> they protected each other they were like a family. So it's it's so unfathomable to me to see, like, in your community, why would you right. do that to someone who is part of your tribe? Right. Like, why is it why is it not easy to just be like, hey, what's up? And, and I, I blame teachers, too, because, so. you know, we need teachers who see the big picture and can spot that kid from the corner of their eye sitting by themselves or notice their body language or figure out in the classroom, okay, what's going on with these guys, you know, and just pick out that one nice kid mm-hmm. and say, hey, go ask him to sit with you. Yeah. I think a lot of parents feel like sometimes that's a big responsibility to put on other kids. I know that if there's a kid in the class that needs extra help mm-hmm. and they'll take one of those other kids who are doing the work and making the grade and put them with it, that there's some resentment from the parents. They feel like, why should their time in the classroom be lessened to help this? I mean, look, we're living in a world right now where they're, where Hollywood's imploding because imploding. nobody was going to and say I, anything. I love it. I love it. This is the kind of world we live in. Yeah. We're, you know, we're told to look and, you know, say something, but when it comes down to it, nobody wants to take the chance. And I don't know why. I don't know why either, because all you're doing by asking a child to step up is raising a leader. Why wouldn't you want to raise a leader? I don't, I, I don't get it. It's such a contradiction of what we want, but yet we're not willing to walk the walk. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I know. You know, they, there's this, sad. I saw this saying on, a, you know, Instagram or something, um, uh, about bullying and it said, kids will be kids is more like. Shitty parents raise assholes. <laughs> yes. 
And that's the thing, like, pay attention to what your kid is going through and, yeah, you know, It's hard on because sometimes, too, for parents, I'm sure that, you know, it's a reflection of their own upbringing or what happened to them. And it's, it, you know, you deal with everything in a different way. I, you know, I don't know. Well, in that one part in the play when he's saying to his mother, you know, you make me feel bad when you keep trying to fix me because you keep telling me something's wrong with me mm-hmm. and send me to a doctor to make me be different than, than who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing, too. I, I, I see that a lot, actually. And it's like, how about don't say to your kid, what's wrong with you? Why aren't they calling you? Say, all right, shoulders back, head high. Go play with the kid next door because he's nice. Yeah, well, in the in the song "Only Us," you hear the the lyrics. Uh, she sings to him, "Don't you don't I don't need you to fix what is already broken. Yeah, what I already know is broken. Right, and everybody knows. You know, like you don't need to tell me that you think I gained five pounds. Believe me, I already know." <laughs> You know, like everybody already I should stop kn- telling my daughter that. <laughs> everybody already knows mm-hmm. what they need to fix. It's just the do you want to be accountable yeah. and have ownership of right. the truth? And I think that's a great thing to teach your kids if you can accountability, ownership, uh, and have a dialogue that doesn't turn into a, a critique session. Yeah, no, because that's it's hard. That's not going to help anybody. Yeah, that's hard. You know, unsolicited advice is never welcome. No, even if it's your kid. It's true. You know, like, thanks. I don't need to hear that. Yeah. No, (laughs) I always try to keep that in mind when I'm talking to somebody. Like, I was talking to somebody yesterday after a class, and I'm like, I know this is unsolicited uh, (laughs) advice that I'm giving you. I'm just going to tell you anyway. (laughs) So you have to maybe preface it that way. Yes, or say, are you open to any constructive criticism? (laughs) My husband says to me all the time, can I give you a little hint? I'm like, no, I don't want to hear your little hints. Yeah. Okay? Keep your hints to yourself. <laughs> exactly. Can I give you a little hint? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but that waving, I mean, all the music is amazing. Um, oh, my God. By the way, there's this guy, Tyler G. Mount, M-O-U-N-T, mm-hmm. on YouTube, and he does a three-minute review of all the musicals. Oh, really? Hilarious. I got to check it out. So Tyler check, Mount? Tyler G. Mount. Challenge you? Okay. On I YouTube. Um, but I watched his three-minute review of this this morning, and I was dying laughing. He's like, so, oh, okay. I'm so going to watch it. Because I remember... Okay, so I'm a big crier, I will say. I mean, there's not a dry eye in the house at this So point. when you posted the picture that you were there, I, what did I text you? I said, just let me know if you like bald your eyes. So at the end of the first act, I've never been in theater where everybody's crying. Everybody resonates with this with this story. Everybody. Everybody is like, here. Yeah. And we were like, stop. We didn't know what to expect. I didn't know either. I really didn't. I thought maybe it was about him coming out. Yeah. You know, I didn't know, you know. I thought it was about a kid who had autism, actually. Oh, really? See, it's so yeah. weird. Like, I don't even know why I thought that. That's yeah. what I thought. But to have it be about social isolation and anxiety in a media-driven world is just hits home for everybody. Absolutely. We you all know? have had those moments. Of course. And, and even if... <laughs> Max. Even if we haven't been there ourselves, we still have empathy for a sad 
Sorry. Max. Max is the boss. A podcast. I love it. Sorry. <laughs> um, we still have empathy for a kid yeah. who is in pain. Who did you see the show with? My friend Trisha Alvani. Okay. Um, and it was great. Yeah. But it was like a last minute, like, oh, we got tickets. Wow, cool. So That's amazing because I just had friends pay quite a bit of money to see the oh, show wow. before he left. They paid $1,700. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Is he High got, rollers. Is he gone now? No, the 19th. Oh, okay. Well, there was a line of people waiting for like a lottery. Yeah, uh, I think there is people who are waiting for like standby tickets. Like if someone doesn't show up, but that. It's not happening. Yeah, or maybe someone's walking around scalping. I have yeah. no idea. I know I paid, I bought on StubHub even back then um, before the, the Tonys. And in fact, there's a thing called Lucky Seat. If you go online, if you're interested in going to see Springsteen, because that's a really big show right yeah, now. Yeah, right. You can go online and you can uh, get into a lottery system. On oh, that. okay. I'm feverishly doing that every yeah. day. And every day I get the email. Unfortunately, you didn't win. All right. Thanks. Um, I know, but it was really fun and I want to try and like do this regularly of like seeing see the shows. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff coming out now. King Kong. King Kong. Which sounds crazy on Broadway, but I'm sure it's going to be very interesting. I think you can buy tickets now for previews. Frozen is coming out. The musical, if you're into Disney musicals, coming out in February. I mean, there's nothing like a Disney musical. It's always so great. What's the 9-11 one that's out right now? Away oh, from... Oh, that's supposed to be fantastic. Come from away. Come from away. Yeah, I really want to see that. That's the story of uh, a plane that was diverted to Nova Scotia yeah. during the attacks on uh, New York City, September 11th. And uh, I've had friends give it rave reviews. Oh, really? Yes, it's amazing. All right, it looks really good. Yeah, there's a lot that. going on right now in theater. It's, you know, it's a good time to go. It really is. And you know what? It's a terrible time to support movies, so go to go to plays. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Man, every I mean, every day. day. Every day. Every day someone's going down. It's crazy. Might be a good time for us to get into Hollywood. Yes. Us wannabes. <laughs> Well, I think that um, it's so ne- obviously so necessary and so exciting that we're ab- about to be in this renaissance of where, you know, women are yeah. heard. Did you see the CMAs last night? I did not. Okay, so last night was great because there was a song that Keith Urban performed that he wrote very quickly, rather. Um, about the Harvey Weinstein issue. It's all about women, and it was a beautiful song. Really? Yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful song. Oh, Keith Urban. I'll have to check that I out. I love Keith. I yeah. love the CMAs were so good last night. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed yeah, it. Yeah, that was a beautiful was tribute to uh, all of the victims in Las Vegas that Carrie Underwood did a beautiful song. She could barely keep it together. It was, oh. it was really emotional, and, you know, that's such a great um, venue of music because there is it, it a sense of family. Absolutely. It's a sense of, uh, you know, that they, that there's, their whole unit is really tight, and they are able to ex- to extend that to, to their fans. Yeah, so true. Um, I know. I know a girl who was in Las Vegas and um, at the show, and she's actually going to come on wow. um, and, and talk about her experience. And, you know, like, wow, how afterwards she's had to be brave and Poor thing must have do something PTSD. every day absolutely that scares her which is even just going to work you know it's 
it just changes everything when you go through something like that. It's uh, and yeah, it's and I'm sad that she has to even deal with something like that. Yeah, and it's crazy, just how it's just every week more and more. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but it is absolutely nuts. It is uh, something that in your lifetime you never would have thought that you would. I mean, it's, I I don't know. I mean, I hear. When I hear it on the news, I, and I don't want to become one of those people that's like, oh, another shooting. I know. Like, eh, hardened. Yeah. I'm, I was looking at something, though, and I was like, well, they don't assassinate presidents anymore. They just do mass shootings. You know, like, it was like something about JFK, and I was like, oh, because Trump just released all of the, uh, yes. Information about JFK. So I was like, nobody gets assassinated anymore. You never know. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. You never know. Not going to No, no, we don't want anyone. We don't want no, uh, no holding heads. No, and um, and just how, you know, now this is the new crazy phenomena that happens in the last what fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know when. I mean, oh, well, you have to maybe go back to Oklahoma bombings. Start there. Yeah. Then Columbine, then I yeah. Mean, I mean, there's a, even a new show on uh, HBO called, you know, Shooter. Really, and it documents each of these like horrible things oh. that has happened recently. But I will tell you, a good show, yes, an uplifting Yay! show on HBO is a uh, Rolling Stone magazine documentary series. I love Rolling Stone. First of all, I love anything rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And I just saw Jan Warner. He was in a um, interview. So it was fiftieth anniversary of the Rolling Stone magazine. Okay, that's probably why they did so this, this series. So this is probably great. Okay, good to know. Good to oh, know. Hold on. What's happening? It just said. It just paused for a minute for Uh-oh. some reason. We're good. Okay, good. Um, Roll it. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, this two part series. I think so far. Okay. Um, and the second one is great. First one's good, but okay. it's like the um, sort of origin story of Rolling Stone magazine and then the second one is you know kind of like our lifetime so it's yeah he said yesterday in the interview that one of the regrets that he had was putting on the um was it the Unabomber mm-hmm. because he got a lot of flack for it but he also said and I don't know why he said this and it kind of was interesting he said he thought he looked like a rock star that's weird yeah like a rebel just like a, like a, what a rock star looks like. Strange. Yeah. Um, well, this the second um, episode had the whole thing where Rolling Stone magazine wrote the article about the alleged rape at UVA. Yeah, they, and he said that was another one. He was really regretted that. I mean, that almost took down their whole magazine. Yeah, is that your friend? Is that No. Oh, that wasn't the one. Um, but this story was... It was a false story. It was a false story. She didn't check her facts. Real fake news. Exactly. She just took the girl's word for it without cross-checking her facts. And they ended up having to go to Columbia Journalism School and having them come in and investigate the whole mm-hmm. thing. And they found out that it was all fake. Yeah, that was one of the things uh, in his interview that he said he wished... He didn't. And they tried to reach the reporter for comment for this series, and she wouldn't uh, she give a comment. Say. No. I mean, ruined her life, too. Yeah, right. There's no wonders in these situations. No. I mean, you know, as much as when people do things, the circle, nobody wins. Right. Do the right thing. Just do the right thing, people. <laughs> Keep your side of the street clean. Exactly. You know? um, 
So you will be found for forever. Disappear oh. if I could tell her. Oh my gosh, do you have uh, a favorite song? They were all good. Uh, waving through a window is Love. yeah amazing. Yeah, it's like an anthem. I think so. I feel like that was like the the crux of the show. Is yeah, and when I heard that song too, and I thought about it, I kept thinking about like this being oh your phone screen. Yeah, I wasn't just thinking about this. Yeah, I was thinking for a teenager. This is their That's window. That's the window. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, he's watching the world behind glass. So yeah. that's... Um, and feels like nobody sees him. And that essentially, everybody wants to be heard yeah, and seen. Yeah, everybody wants to be heard and seen. Exactly. Everyone. Yeah, I love that song. And like I said, I think that it's the anthem for this for this, uh, for the show. And obviously, they bring it up again because the first words in the song are... I put the brakes on before I even, before I'm even heard. I mean, yeah. before I even go, you know, yeah. start the day. I put the brakes right. on, and then that those lyrics follow into words fail. Yeah, and then it goes into the finale. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I, the writers of the music, I have to commend them because I cannot believe the thread and how smooth it is. Yeah. The connections are so real. A friend of mine saw it with her daughter last night, and her daughter said um, about the like social anxiety part, like, I feel like that every day. Mm. And what a great thing for kids to see. Be right. like, oh, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I think there's a whole Dear Evan Hansen community out there that um, you know kids are really reaching out and posting their... Um, whether they're tr- whatever their tributes are to the show or how they're feeling, because I know I've, I follow on Instagram a lot of that and I see it. So it's it's there's a real, a real thing going on with your Evan Hansen. I That's, hope it carries through. I hope after Ben Platt leaves the show that they're able to keep that momentum going because I did see it with his understudy. Yeah, and I wasn't. It's the, hard to compare those. those physicalities that he brings to the show are just so intense and feel so real. And you have to, I would imagine as an actor, you have to make the part your own. You can't just copy someone else doing it. Right. And so I didn't get that. I was looking for those things Mm -hmm. that I had put so much like into as part of the reason why I love the show. But then I saw Ben Platt on Will and Grace. Did you see him yes, on Will and Grace? Yes, I loved it. I did too, but he, he was the same, he had the same mannerisms yes. and patterns of speech. So I was like, oh, that's just him. Maybe. I, didn't, I saw, <laughs> I have, I remember he was in Pitch Perfect, but I can't remember what his role was. I should go back and Totally look. socially awkward guy who's like, you know, like. He's so young still. He's only 23. I, I can't believe he's 23. He's 23 years old. I'm like, what's he, 35, pretending to be a high school kid? No, he's 23. No, he's 23, and the voice of a girl, oh my God. Yeah, he's great. And my favorite song is Only Us. I love that song. Great song. I listen to it every day. Yeah. I love it. Soundtrack's awesome. I love the words. I love everything. Yeah, it's it's such a great show. If you get to see it, go run to see it. I know. Did you read the book? I didn't read the book. And, you know, it's funny when you said that you had some information. I didn't even know there was a book. I didn't either. Is this the book? No. This is the Bulletproof Coffee Diet. Ooh! (laughs) Finally. The truth. (laughs) uh, Are you trying to tell me something? 
That's what I was covering she up. She gets you here to do a podcast, and then she's like, you're fat. <laughs> Never. <laughs> you need a diet. <laughs> Have you heard this one? I'm going to talk about this some other time. It's really cool, though. Okay. Um, but no, uh, you know, I forget what I was going to say. Sorry, did I? It's fine. Oh, the book. The book. So I didn't know until that day either, but I was reading the playbill voraciously yes. because mm-hmm. then, you're like, the more information I'm going to get exactly. in Exactly. Then you become obsessed. Yes. And like, now I have to watch all the YouTube videos yes. and find out everything. Right. Um, and so it said it was based on this book. So um, I would imagine, like I said, you know, if you live in other parts of the country and you're not going to be able to get to yeah. Broadway... Get the book. I think the good thing that happens about when the main character leaves is that you will maybe see now the touring happening yeah, yeah. so that it will come to a city near you. Right. Which is great. So good. Yeah. I mean, Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen, I wish they would put them, I wish they would make them movies so everyone could see I them. I know. And my friend, my cat, my daughter's friend, Julian, works for BroadwayHD.com and I think they're working on trying to get to to uh you know video stream it, it yeah to stream it to other people that would be amazing yeah. especially after the success of la la land mm-hmm. i feel like okay we're ready to go back to what these like yeah 40s and 50s old musicals where everybody sang and danced in between acting you know <laughs> i loved yeah. those yeah listen who's like a good musical i don't know so I'm sure uh, there's people out there that don't oh yeah for sure but i do i love i love i think it's great i mean i I'm so emotional at a Broadway show. I like find myself crying at the end. I know when someone can have that amount of talent to sing like that, it does bring tears to your eyes. It brings tears to your eyes, and also the whole ensemble, everybody working together. Yeah, because not just Ben is. I mean, ultimately he's the the draw, but everybody was wonderful in the play. Yeah, it was just it was great. And that, did you see Beautiful? Not yet. <gasps> oh, it's another good one. I can't wait. Yeah, you know, also the stories behind, like, Carol King, who doesn't love Carol King? Who doesn't love Carol King? But the thing about Beautiful is that there's so, such a backstory to that, and the people that were, who were making music back then, that are also brought to the, to the top of the, of the story, which is not, you know, it's just great. Yeah. There's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. Yeah. And, uh. I was just in the city, um, and I went on a Big Onion walking tour. Oh. That well, was cool, on, too. You were on the High Line? I was on the High Line. Yeah. Um, but these Big Onion tours, yeah, there's probably like a dozen of them or more, I guess, um, and you meet at a, you know, disclosed place on a street somewhere, and there's a guy that holds the sign, Big Onion Tour, and he cruises around whatever area you're in for two hours telling you about everything that's there. I literally learned more about Chelsea and the High Line. That's a great thing to do. In two hours. So. I love that. The big onion tour. Yeah. And, and it's, it's walking. It's walking tour. It's like a little less than three hours and it's $25. That's amazing. Really cool. We did a tour um, in Central Park. Grayson and I did uh, a bike tour. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was amazing. So there's so much to do. There's so much to do, and we're so lucky that we live out on the east end of Long Island, but we're not even two hours away. Exactly. On a good day without traffic. On a good day without traffic, which isn't really happening anymore. What's Maxie doing? Max. Well, it was... I could talk about Dear Evan Hansen all day long. I know. Well, thank you for coming and being on the podcast again. I, I appreciate know. it. I second time. Is this a record? 
Uh, no, my friend S has been on it a few times. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to be <laughs> S. You'll have me on again, maybe? Come on, anytime. Oh, anytime. Good. I always love talking to you. Well, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you very much. And everyone really should be listening all the time because the <laughs> podcasts are amazing. And if you have, I'm going to talk about Bridgewalker quick because I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Not that I haven't loved all of them. Yep. But this is a great interview that you do. Thank you. With the author of this book. And it's so touching and it's so real. And I loved it. Oh, it's thank you favorite. so much. Yeah, Bridgewalker. Keep up the good work, Jen. It's Thank you. And Bridgewalker was Your a great breakout book. star. Oh, uh, yes. That's me. Um, no, but thank you for coming on. I'm happy I appreciate you it. Here. Thank you. And as always, uh, if you wouldn't mind, go to iTunes and subscribe so you get these automatically sent to you. And if you have time and you can figure out what your, uh, what your password is for iTunes, leave a review and rate. Yeah, rate it. Five stars. Yes, please. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Work hard. Be nice. Peace. Yeah.